You're listening to a podcast from 702. For now, though, we bring you a Friday profile with a really talented young man. He is an actor, a dancer, comedian. He's an activist. Um, he's a three-time SAFTA-nominated artist. Just really varied and very diverse talents. And he's had a very bump, a seriously bumper year, if we look back at the past couple of months. He had two films and one hit TV show. Um, and I think it's still accessible. We'll, we'll check that. We'll check that with him in a short while. So let's welcome Superman himself. <laughs> Siv Ngesi. How are you doing, Siv? I just want to correct you. You said I've been nominated three times for a SAFTA. Yeah. But I have won twice and I've had three other nominations. Oh, 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 my I'm bad. Sorry, it's a big thing. <laughs> it it's is a big thing. thing. Sorry, to... Two times SAFTA winning artists, right? And yes, three times nominated. Oh, come on. Come yeah, on. Not, but I'm not counting. I'm not counting. I'm not counting. No, that, that doesn't suit you, Siv. It does not suit you. That <laughs> fake modesty is not the one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so, for having me. You got an invite to go to a bra when you came to Joburg? Let me tell you, you Joburg people on plane. As soon as I landed, they were like, are you in town? He's a masopraya, masopraya. And I was like, I'm vegan. I'm vegan for today. I'm vegan. Yes. What a cool way to turn them down. It's madness. <laughs> um, so it's lovely to have you on the show. Uh, I've been watching and just observing and thinking, what a lovely young man. You know, I'm showing my years here. When you refer to someone like that, you know, you're showing your years. What a lovely, lovely young man. And what I didn't know about you, Siv, is that you were a child star. I didn't know that. How did you end up touring Asian countries, performing Le Miserable all those years ago? It's like, what? He was a child star? Um, no, man. I, I was young. I was walk, walking on some swimming practice one day, and this lady stopped me. and said, like, oh, my goodness, you can swim. And I said, yes, because obviously there's not many of us brothers who swim. And this other kid had lied and said he could swim in the commercial. And then the next day, I took his place. Oh. And then a week later, the lady was like, hey, we have another place. Uh, we had to do an audition, and then I ended up going to the audition, and I got it, and I left for overseas. It's just like that. The chance encounter, oh. thanks to swimming. Yep. Well, there's someone out there uh, watching you and thinking, that was supposed to be me. He took my role because he could swim. Shame. <laughs> but I must say, Siv, you make... Um, getting into film look really easy. You make it look so easy because your filmography uh, is absolutely impressive. If we were to look at some of the films you've been in, um, you were in Invictus, which was directed by Clint Eastwood alongside Idris Elba in Long Walk to Freedom, World Unseen, Zenon Z3, Schweitzer. You know, the list is is longer than many other South African actors. What's the secret? Is it like similar chance meetings or what's the key? I think that so I, I made quite a conscious decision that I would never move to Joburg, right? Mm. Quite a conscious decision. Uh, the industry in, in Cape Town is very international, so you get exposed to many international projects. And I've really uh, like stayed in Cape Town, and I've really put my, my, my efforts into film as much as possible. And they, they call us the back door to Hollywood. So a lot of the chances and opportunities that you get in Cape Town, you don't get in Joburg. Which a lot of Joburg artists always like, it's happening in Joburg, why aren't you there? Mm. I'm, there because I'm, I'm there because I'm interested in film, uh, and I, I'm trying to be as eclectic as possible. So if one movie, I'm, I'm singing and dancing and, uh, in Hindi, and the next film, I'm doing speaking in Kosa, 
in uh, a, uh, a boxing film and another film I'm doing a Nigerian film and another film I'm doing an Afrikaans film. Uh, I just want to be as uncomfortable as possible because I think where there's uncomfortability, that's where the growth is happening. And I'm continuously trying to challenge myself as much as possible. I'm, I, I never want to be stuck in one position because it, there's no growth in that. And I'm really enjoying the process. Because that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, that we're certainly living in a time or in an era where we have to exploit and explore all our talents and all our gifts. And you've been doing it for a very, very long time. I was giving a list of the kind of things that you have gotten involved in in the past. Um, you enjoy and you've done comedy. You produce uh, television as well. Um, and you've just mentioned now that you've been in Afrikaans productions, English productions. You've done Man Cave, uh, which is a very different show to to the other lot that you've done you've done things like winging it so even in the repertoire of within a particular genre you've done varied things and that absolutely makes sense um, so it's about widening and deepening at the same time definitely it's uh, i think that's what it's at. i think sometimes in south africa it's quite interesting it's in south africa it's quite easy to be a performer you know what i mean uh, there's not many actors there's not many performers so Anyone can walk up the side of the street and just be an actor and just walk into a TV screen and just do what they have to do. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's a good thing and a bad thing at times, you know? But I think the way I take performance is, is that it's a, it's a muscle that you can continue to keep it as strong as possible, um, read the books, go to classes, do the online classes. Uh, two years ago, I went to New York for six weeks. I did a six-week course. Um, I want to watch as much... Uh, I watched... I watch Korean films, Vietnamese films, Nigerian films. Just the most eclectic. I'm just trying to consume as much information as possible and, and just to challenge myself as much as possible. And I think that's that's where I feel our industry is lacking. I think it's it gets quite easy for people to be complacent in South Africa. And I think for me, when you're treated like it's a sport, continue to train every single day and challenge yourself continuously. And that's the only way we can get better. Mm, no, you've answered my question. Thank you so much. Cause I think we, that can be applied to non-creative industries as well. It can be applied to all sorts of other areas of life. And I think uh, people can adapt it to where they find themselves. So let's talk about this past year, which has been amazing. I know you've had uh, lots of awards in the past, whether it was for best dressed or whether it was the SAFTAs that you mentioned. But, you know, you've been recognized. But um, let's stay with the past year for a bit. You had two films come out, um, the Baha'i's Cafe as well as Knuckle City. And then you had Still Breathing. And we'll talk about Still Breathing in a moment. I just want to talk about uh, Knuckle City for a little bit. It won six SAFTAs, which included best director for Jamil XT Kubeka. Um, and I've interviewed him before for this very feature in fact the Friday Profile mm. I really believe he's one of the best in this country as far as um, directing films is concerned and it tells the story of young men struggling to survive um, hanging, they're struggling to hang on to their dreams in the midst of poverty, in the midst of toxic masculinity in the township of uh, Mdanzani you are one of the boxers in this particular story and you did that, you know, you had the spring in your step. You were just this energetic person. I could see the real life sieve in this particular character that you played. What an impressive mm-hmm. film. It must have meant a lot to be part of it. it, it you know, it's, it's been a boxing film has been my ultimate dream in life. Uh, I boxed, I've been boxing for like seven years. I've had a few fights and uh, Muhammad Ali is one of my heroes. 
So as soon as this, this guy came onto the page, I was so excited. And, and um, Jamil let me do what I wanted. There was never no that. No. He, was, he trusted me into, into that. And that's why it's one of the greatest, uh, for me, the greatest director South Africa has ever seen. We're busy working on a big project at the moment that South Africa is going to be blown away at. We're busy shooting it in Joburg, Eastern Cape, and Northwest. Mm. Uh, we're busy working on it now. And I think South Africa will be very proud of it. Um, it for me was one of the greatest parts I've ever played. It was great. It was great to, to, to be part of such an unbelievable um, production. But the most amazing part of it is doing it in Tosa, in the Eastern Cape. Yeah. It was just so authentic, so real. And uh, East London feels like another home now after being there. I feel so at home there. And it was a great film, and I, I hope more people get to see it. Yes, I think of, in May, in fact, I think that was such a sweet and lovely moment in this, what made this past year so special because all three of the shows that I mentioned were at, on at the same time on DSTV, um, on catch up as well as, uh, what is it? The, the, the demand service. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So it was, it must have been, you must have felt good to know that all three of these shows still breathing Baha'i's Cafe and Knuckle City, you, that audiences could watch you right now. You know, you know um, for me, I'm quite like, I, I continuously, I, I want to be um, a better version of myself than I was the day before. So I continuously want to push and continuously want to be better. But the, the craziest thing about it is that I, for me, you know what I look forward to the most? I just look forward to my mother calling me and going, I'm proud of you. And for me, I think it's the best step of approval anyone can ever give. You know, my mother thought Michael City had too many swear words, yeah. but she loved Bear's Cafe because she loved seeing me sing and dance. <laughs> um, and she hasn't seen uh, Still Breathing yet, um, but I must be honest, my mother's been very proud and she's been very, very, very excited for the, uh, this year. And I, I think just to see her pride in me makes me very proud and very, very excited and happy for where, where, where everything's going. Yes, and you don't you don't hold back on showing her or showering her with the love as well. You know, you post regularly uh, how much you love your mom. Um, are you a mom's boy? Are you the only one at home? Um, I'm the only boy, but my mother has fostered another boy, but I'm the youngest of three, uh-huh. right? Um, but um, the, I definitely have become closer to my mother uh, as as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, uh, she's an incredible woman, and I think you only get to appreciate your parents as the older they get. You know. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And then you think of how things are at the moment. It's been difficult to go and see them. I know that's how I feel. I long for my parents sometimes because we're told that, you know, visiting them could put them at risk. And at the same time, they mostly, they, they, they alone. My mom is a single, I mean, she's a divorced woman. So she, she lives by herself. I know your dad is late as well. So, and at this time, it's like, this is when we should be close. And yet at, you can't be around them. And if you do, go around them you carry this guilt and preoccupation that what if yeah. what if i bring the virus yeah. you know i have a, a comedian friend of mine who lost his in-laws in 72 hours mother and father did oh. you know yeah and i saw like i saw my mother the other day to give her mother's day gift and i and i was so far away from her but i didn't want to touch anything and mm. i realized that being there it, it doesn't feel the same. I just, I feel like I don't want to be the son who ends up killing his mother. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so it's very difficult and I, I'm trying to keep my distance because if my mother gets this, she won't survive it.
And that's that's as point blank as I can put it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, I I I don't know. I can't see a world without my mother in it. <sighs> yeah. So um, your dad passed when you were much younger, right? Uh, he had been in a car accident. And you've often said that your drive for success, you're driven and you want to succeed in life. Uh, and that was born out of an exchange you had before he passed. Did you, made a prom- did you make a promise to him? Yeah, my, my father was in a, in a car accident on the, the Friday the 13th, August 2004. And then he died the 1st of September. And he was in his deathbed, and I promised him, I said, I'm going to be rich, so I'm going to be famous, and I'm going to make you proud. Uh, and those are the last few words I said to him before he passed away. Like a, It was like a movie. It was like a movie, like an episode from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, but uh, and I, I really did promise him. I, I always keep my promise. Do you know another thing? Is that my mother, when I won my Saturday last year, my mother said, I, I, I phoned her as I was walking off the stage. And she said to me, mm. Now, translating it into English doesn't give it justice. But no. if you translate it into English, it means you made me someone. And for me, it, 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 I'll never forget the feeling of her crying on the other side of the phone as I got this award. And on the stage, I gave her, I spoke to her, and, and, and I thanked her for all her belief, you know what I mean? But for me, I just think, just making your parents proud is just invaluable. It's continuously invaluable, and I, I owe everything to my mother and my father, and I, I, I know that. When you're younger, you take that for granted, but as you get older, you, you realize it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, some of your fans have already started sending me uh, just different things about you. So let me read um, this one, right? And it says, Azania, please tell Siv that I absolutely Love him, loved his performance in Still Breathing. I binge-watched it during lockdown. It was totally addictive, relatable, raw, deeply moving. His character, Tibos, was so strong in his vulnerability. A strong, supportive friend and an awesome dad. A great example of putting family first. Still Breathing is absolutely worth watching. A world-class production. I loved a quote from the lead character. If at the end, uh, at the end of this was Still Breathing, then we're the lucky ones. Kind of uh, eerily relevant with where we are now it's an unsigned whatsapp but i'll tell you what else this listener sent but (laughs) i'll go back to the other messages that they sent but let's talk about still breathing for a minute and this character of of tibos and he was one of them everybody was interesting right but i think from uh, uh, a vantage point uh, a black woman's vantage point I mean I looked at Tibos he is a South African profile not commonly seen on screen you know black boy yeah. raised by his biological mother who's a domestic worker and he has a second mother who is the mother's white employer and he calls both of them mom so he's born, born to a poor mom but raised in privilege and we sometimes see how he navigates what looks like um, a time of reckoning in his life, right? And, uh, 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 and for his mother, because there's also friction between the two parts of, ide- of his identity that start to play themselves out. Yeah, it's, he was, you know, even when they were writing T-Bot, there were people who said, this is not a real guy. You know what I mean? Like there was a bit of a fight about this character. You know what I mean? Mm. And, I know a musician who is the son of a domestic worker who called me going, oh my God, thank you so much. I mean, we need to see more of these characters. And do you know, Zanya, the interesting, it's so interesting because I went to New York for about six weeks to do an acting course. Mm. And I spent six weeks 
just working on vulnerability. Because, you know, you're a man in the society and people tell you to be a man, you have to show strength, you have to be powerful and you have to be this macho man. And I was going on a personal journey of vulnerability because I was, I was finding and discovering the strength in vulnerability, which has been a journey in me. I'm, I'm a rugby playing, rugby playing, boxing, quite a masculine guy, but I love musicals. So there's these different angles of me and there's different versions of me. But when I got T-Boss, I got him at the perfect point in my life when I was just discovering and be able to be a man going, actually, it's cool to be vulnerable. There's power in vulnerability. And every time I get a, re- a, a review from someone, like you gave me the sweetest review, <laughs> I, it brings tears to my eyes because I left all of me on set every single day. Every single day, it was a process to be able to bring this guy out because he is exactly what the opposite of the kind of black men you see on, on, on TV or in real life. And I know that's quite a statement to make, but I wasn't raised around men like T-Boss. Mm. Mm. I wasn't, you know. I wasn't raised around men who showed me affection. I wasn't raised around men who were like that. So T-Boss for me was honestly a, a personal journey of discovery uh, because there's... You know, I don't do relationships. I'm not a big relationship kind of guy. So even the part of having a wife, mm-hmm. it's quite like an interesting thing that I don't do relationships and I'm quite like this weird, interesting loner um, character. I, I don't have any kids, but I have God's children. It was the most amazing experience ever to be part, to be able to be, to play this individual of, though there are black men out there who are good people, who are good fathers, who are good husbands, who are sensitive, who aren't see the world a better place. And that's what, but you should see, when we were shooting, um, still breathing, me and the director would disagree on things, man. We would disagree on things and we would, we would, we would meet in the middle and we would do these things. Mm. And it was a beautiful process. I can categorically say that it's the best TV series to ever come out of this country. No one even argued with me. It is unbelievable. The writers, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany Babizoni and Bob uh, Babizoni are incredible people. And, it's an unbe- and I wish season two would come because it was an unbelievable experience to be part of it. And I, I think it's a magical production and that's as much as I can put it. Yeah. No, I like I said in in that message that you were referring to, honestly, it's like your heart was there and it was visible. You know, it it it's almost as if it was visible. That's the level of authenticity that performance and the others that you did in fact because you know, I was referring to just the collection of work that you had done over that period and that's really what I was left with um, a feeling. And like I said to you, Siv, um, this is, you must stay true to who you are. Um, I feel like you're really true and it translates so well on screen. Um, so still breathing, great compliments for it, uh, as we've just heard from one Thank of you. our listeners. And now, uh, we're about to wrap, but I want to touch on some of the work that you've been doing as well. You, uh, mentioned that you're an activist. You have a foundation where you try and donate as much as possible through various initiatives, sanitary pads for young women. And you have increased your voice in activism against gender-based violence. You attended a march that was held outside parliament in Cape Town and you were lamenting the fact that there were not enough men. Why do you believe that 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 was so? Um, that not enough men are, are active in the space or lending their voice yeah. to us are visible. Maybe they're not visible and they're there. I don't know. But what do you be, why do you believe that so? I think 
I think innately, I think humans like to think that they are good people. I think everyone thinks that they are good people. So it's quite difficult for people to admit that they are part of the problem, right? And I think it takes a person, a lot for a person to be accountable. And I think it's an interesting, it's quite similar to this Black Lives Matter thing. You know, many white people are going, no, 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 I'm a good person. Yeah, and we're like, they're cool, you're a good person, but if you keep quiet, you need to do more than just keep quiet. Mm-hmm. So a lot of men are going, no, 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 I didn't rape anyone. No, no, I'm not taking towards anyone, so I can keep quiet because I, I didn't do it. Well, what they don't realize is that they are part of the problem. Have you laughed at rape jokes? Have you made a rape joke? Have you looked at the lady a little bit too long? Has, has she said no and you tried to convince her? There's so many things that we men are involved in and that we're guilty on that actually play a role in this rape culture that we have in this society. So I think a lot of men feel that they're not involved and they don't need to be part of this thing, right? But for me, what I've realized as a man who's a 34-year-old man who is a godfather, who is a brother, who is a, a son, is that I am part of the problem. And continuously, I have to call myself out every single day. Some days I'm better than others. And some days I fail and I have to get up and I have to check myself. Some days, you know, are good days. and some, you know, Continuously. And like white people, white people... White people themselves is a continuous process to be able to check themselves continuously. But I have taken it on as a, as a man to be able to go, I am flawed, I am part of the problem, but I'm trying to be part of the solution mm-hmm. continuously. Yeah. Um, I fail continuously and I'm trying to be better. And I cannot live in a country where when a two-year-old gets raped, mm. we look at it for a day and we move on the next day. No. Every single day it must hurt. When a two-month-old gets raped, it must hurt. But every single woman who gets, she needs to put, she must, she, you must name her, and it must hurt every single time. And I'm thinking tired of like men these because a lot of men have this thing about going our woman, which is totally wrong because that is ownership of men. And a lot of a lot of men like to see that woman as like uh, it's, she's someone's daughter, she's someone's mother. No, she's someone. And we just start with those little simplicities of just being able to word things correctly. And it starts with wording. It starts with wording things. And I'm learning every single day. I'm engaging. I, I have a very good friend, uh, my best friend, who, who you know. Mm. And each day we have these conversations, me and her. And we're challenging each other. And we're trying to maneuver this life. And she just arrived from five years, six years in New York. And I'm shouting at her because she wants to hike alone in the mountain. I'm like, no, don't you dare, right? And then I realized that she's doing nothing wrong. Yeah, They are doing wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just I'm just at the moment I, I'm trying to work on myself as much as I'm working on myself to be a, with motivation. Mm-hmm. If I say I'm going to achieve something, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm trying to achieve it. I say I'm going to achieve it. And throughout my life, I've worked on those wordings. Now, I think men need to work on those other wordings mm. of calling each other out, making ourselves accountable continuously. Because it's the, sorry, Lars, I know this is a rant, but the biggest problem I have with South Africa in general is a lack of accountability in anything. Yeah. If it's racial, if it's corruption, if it's um, service delivery, everything in our country mm-hmm. lacks accountability. And I think we need to go back to basics. If you steal a cookie from the cookie jar, it doesn't matter if it's a cookie or a car, 
You need to be accountable. You need to be accountable, absolutely, and receive the requisite punishment for it. Sim, it's been wonderful chatting to you. I mean, I've got one of our listeners who sent me uh, pictures from the May cover of Men's Health. You know, that six-pack is ripped, (laughs) and it's hard work. I know lots of hard work. Yeah. Oh, eight-pack, sorry, (laughs) eight-pack. We'll make time for you to give us tips because during this lockdown, our goals have just fallen by the wayside. So we're going to need tips to, you know, get back on and stay focused. Um, Thank you so much, Siv, and all of the best. Enjoy this production and the project you're on. Thanks for having me. Uh, Real pleasure to have you. We'll be in Joburg on Monday. Let's do breakfast. We're behaving though. Let's see. It's not a bribe. Maybe. Who knows? That's Siv Ngesi. I'm not committing. Don't want to get myself into trouble. Um, And what a lovely, lovely, lovely young South African man. Check out his work, Knuckle City. There's also Baha'i's Cafe. Very different genres. And then, of course, the slow burn drama on Mnet called Still Breathing. Siv Ngesi.